podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us today. We've got a midweek episode. It's been the first time in a little while. Uh, obviously, I'm feeling much, much better. Uh, even better than I was when I did the intro for Monday's episode. I'm feeling better every day, so this is fantastic. I'm very excited to be back. Very excited to be here today to talk about softball and baseball. We've got a great guest, Reddy Heights. For the franchise, going to join us to talk Big 12 baseball here coming up in just a minute. We've got my good friend Melina Sanchez joining us again to do our Big 12 softball as we typically do. Uh, before we get to all that real quick, we do have to talk about, we've known for some time that the goal for the four new teams, UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, and BYU, to join the Big 12 was 2023. BYU is an independent. They can join whenever they want. But the other three have to get out of the AAC. Uh, latest reporting is that is what they plan to do is be here in 2023. Now, nothing's really changed from that standpoint. As though they don't, they don't have an exit from the AAC at this point yet. Um, but we've seen some reporting that that could be finalized and dealt with by within the week. So I would, I would almost say by May, we're going to probably have a pretty clear idea of just when, the three schools from the AAC, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, will be joining the Big 12. I hope it's 2023. We had our interview with UCS softball coach on Monday. It was a great conversation. You really, if you haven't yet, go and check that out. Um, I'm excited for UCF to, to bring their softball program to the Big 12. I think it's going to be huge for the Big 12. Uh, and and look, I'm now on board with the whole, like, if OU and Texas are going to be here, and we have a 14-team conference for a year or two, the, the pure insanity of that, like, just give me one year. At least the insanity of having Oklahoma and Texas here with BYU, UCF, Houston, Cincinnati. It's going to be wild. It's going to be fun across all sports, football, men's and women's basketball, softball, baseball. It, it'll it be insane. It's going to be awesome. So uh, obviously that is something to keep an eye on in the coming weeks. that we find out if that is going to be formalized? But that's the goal. That's the date that they're shooting for is 2023-2024 season. So this, would, this upcoming 2022-2023 uh, year, would be the final year without our four new uh, brethren and sistren 
yeah, I don't know what the female version of brethren is. I don't, I don't I guess I should. Probably something Google can answer for me. Um, speaking of softball, Melina, welcome back, my friend. Welcome back to the show. I'm so glad to be back. So glad you're feeling better, ready to talk softball. It's been a minute, so let's get it started. Do we need to rehash last weekend at all, or do you want to just... You win, you win. Oklahoma State swept. Ellish looked great. Um, I hate to say that. She looked great. Maxwell did amazing. Morgan Day uh, helped as well. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame the performance on Texas for them being on too much of a high getting a win against Oklahoma. So let's just blame it on that, and, and we can move on and focus on this Oklahoma State-Florida State series coming up. We can move on. We can move on. We've got some conference series as usual. Obviously, Texas and Texas Tech facing off this weekend. Oklahoma, Kansas, Iowa State to Baylor. We're going to talk Iowa State-Baylor here in a minute because I do think it's a big one. But as you mentioned, Oklahoma State, non-conference series, traveling to Tallahassee, Florida to take on Florida State. This was a three-game series. Apparently, of the third game of this series has been canceled. They'll now play a game on Thursday night and a game on Friday night. Oklahoma State is currently sitting at number eight in the RPI. Florida State at number five. This is a huge, huge matchup for Oklahoma State and for the Big 12 because it's just, it, it, look, OSU's already at number eight in the RPI. They're already sitting high enough to be benefiting the rest of the Big 12. But opportunity to go to ACC country, go to Florida State. Last time Oklahoma State was in Florida State was just a couple of seasons ago when they went to Florida State for Super Regional, knocked off Florida State, and got to the college, Women's College World Series. That was back in 2019, because obviously we didn't have it in 2020. And then OSU got there again in 2021. So huge, two huge games for the Cowgirls. That, And this is where you and I are kind of debating on. OSU is sitting here trying to get a top eight seed so that they can host Supers again like they did last year. And, and I'm curious from your perspective, my, my opinion is, look, they've still got three games against Oklahoma and the Big 12 tournament coming up. There's plenty of opportunities for Oklahoma State to get marquee wins on the schedule. I think if they can just split these this two-game series and nail nab one of these games, it's a loss that's not going to hurt you. It's a win that's going to be huge for them. Yeah, I know we were going back and forth on this. You think they need to split. I kind of said I think they need to win both because we know how much the committee favors the SEC Mm-hmm. Um, whenever they do this, the SEC usually gets all 13 teams in, whether they deserve it or not. I think we kind of talked about that in our first episode. You know, teams like Ole Miss or Auburn or Mississippi State, teams that don't perform very well still get in. But I'm very excited for this matchup. It's going to be an absolute pitcher's duel. Runs are going to be extremely hard to come by. You got Catherine Sandercock and uh, Watts, Danielle Watson for Florida State. Sandercock with a 1.49 ERA, 127 Ks. Watson, 2.05, 120 Ks. I know we're iffy on Mar- if Miranda Ellis will go. But if they do get her, Miranda Ellish, Kelly Maxwell, Morgan Day, they have a 1.79 staff ERA. Maxwell, strikeout queen, 209 strikeouts. Ellish, she's getting up there. Her average, her uh, ERA dropped a little bit. She has a 2.09 ERA with 128 Ks. Got to give them all the credit in the world, only giving up three earned run against Texas. That is just phenomenal. Um, the great pitching staff. I'm excited to see these pitchers really go at it. Yeah, I think this is going to be huge. And it's a huge opportunity for Oklahoma State, not just because – you've got this opportunity to go to Florida State and and get some wins or get at least one. Oklahoma State's next five games, two games at Florida State, three games at Oklahoma. ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN2, ESPN2, ESPNU. ESPNU or ESPN2 for the final five games of the season. That's huge for Oklahoma State. And, And if you're an Oklahoma State fan, like make sure you're watching this game. If you're a softball fan, every time college softball is on, it's on one of the major networks. Watch it because it, the more the better the numbers do, the more the ESPN is going to continue to show college softball games, 
And these are huge matchups. These are huge games. So, look, I'm going to be tuned in. My wife's going to be like, why are we... My wife likes softball. But even she's like, do we need to watch this? Yes. Yes, Thursday and Friday night. I'll be tuned in. I'm going to make my girls sit down and watch it with me before they go to bed. We're going to be watching Oklahoma State at Florida State Thursday and Friday night. Because huge games, obviously, as a Cowboy and a Cowgirl fan. But just as a softball fan, this is massive. Especially because it's not SEC games. It's not just, we're going to watch Florida LSU. No, no, no. Oklahoma State at Florida State. Big 12, ACC, two perennial college, two teams that have been to the College World Series past couple seasons. Huge matchup. Big opportunities for softball and for the Big 12 and for Oklahoma State. Uh, Speaking of hosting, you know, Oklahoma, number one in the RPI right now. Feels like they should end up with the number one overall seed, barring something crazy like a loss to Kansas this weekend, which I'm not going to pick to happen. Spoilers. Oklahoma State fighting for a super regional possibility. Host super regional, get a top eight seed. Texas kind of still feels like a little bit on that edge for getting one of those final hosting spots, 15 or 16 national seed. I was going through D1 softball, love D1 softball, pay for D1 softball, happy to be subscribed to it so I can read what they put out. Going through their bubble watch stuff, they've got Oklahoma State kind of in that 8-9 spot, that including the Texas sweep. Bubble watch as far as hosting regional. On April 20th, when they put their bracket out, they had Texas the number 15 seed. They just got swept. At the moment, it's starting to feel like Texas, <clears throat> they're not in a good spot to be able to host a regional. That's that's the vibe I'm getting right now. Going through D1 softball's uh, RPI, which is very similar to NCAA, but they break it down a little bit more. The biggest issue for Texas right now is those v- wins. Wins versus the top 25, versus the top 50, versus the top 100 RPI teams. Texas played a ton of a ton of them. They got the number one, number three ranked non-conference schedule, number 11 overall ranked schedule. They played a ton of top 25 teams. 17, in fact. 17 games against top 25 RPI teams. They're 5 and 12 in those. Combine those with 26 through 50. Texas is 9, 14, and 1 against the RPI top 50. They've got a losing record. Compare that to, say, Oklahoma State, who we're talking about. They're 16 and 5 against the top 50. My concern for Texas at this point, with what they have left on the schedule, is is there enough there for Texas to be able to really control their own destiny, a saying I kind of hate, with just three games at Texas Tech and three games against Baylor, do they have enough on the slate left to be able to get back into a position to host without having to ask for other teams to lose? Yeah, obviously they don't have the toughest schedule remaining with Texas Tech and Baylor coming up, but they did sweep LSU earlier in the year, and that was a very good sweep for them. We'll see how LSU performs against Florida, who's also in the mix for uh, a super regional. They are 3-1 and one against uh, Louisiana Lafayette, pretty good team. Obviously, they have a win against Oklahoma, um, but I agree with you. They're still in the bubble a little bit. I think they need extremely convincing wins over the next couple of weeks against Tech and Baylor to really solidify themselves as a regional host. I think they got to sweep the next six. Have to sweep the next six. You can't take losses to Texas Tech and Baylor right now. We're going to talk a little bit more about Baylor in just a minute. But Baylor currently sitting is about 56 in the RPI. Baylor fitting 56, 57 in the RPI, depending upon if you're doing D1 softball or NCAA. Uh, Texas Tech, meanwhile, 69th. Nice. In the RPI. So for Texas, it's you got to get these wins. They're not going to be great wins. They're going to be top 100 wins. But you've got to get these. And they're 14-0. You cannot suffer a loss 
at this point against a sub-50 team. And then you've got to do some damage in Oklahoma City. Like, they've got to get there and see if they can't knock off Oklahoma State or knock off Oklahoma again and, and get a couple of marquee wins to help them out. I don't think they're out of the running for hosting a regional because obviously, look, there's other teams around them, Washington, Clemson, Duke, uh, UCF, that they've got to continue to win as well. So it's not just about what Texas does, but looking at some of the other resumes, I am I am a little bit worried about Texas in the spot just because of their record against those top 50 RPI teams. Yeah, I was just going to agree with you on that. Um, they really dropped the ball this past weekend getting swept by Oklahoma State. That did not do them any favors at all. Oklahoma State looked great. They just made their case stronger for a super regional bid. We've talked quite a lot about whether or not the Big 12 can get a fourth team into regional play. Last year, Baylor and Iowa State both able to participate in regionals. They got to go in and they went elsewhere. But at this point, Baylor at 4-8 and eight in conference play. Texas Tech is 5-10. and 10. Iowa State and Kansas are 2-10. and 10. And, and no shot at Texas Tech at 5-10. and 10. They've got the best conference record outside of the OSU, Oklahoma, and Texas uh, trio. But I, I they are... As we said, 69 in the RPI. Baylor is the highest RPI or the best RPI of the other four teams at 4-8. and eight, They've got three games against Iowa State this weekend, um, and then they have three games against Texas, one of those in Waco and two of those in Austin. I, I want to make the case because Baylor gets three games against Iowa State at home, one game against Texas at home, two games in Austin. Baylor has the best shot of being a fourth team in the postseason, and, I, and I'm glad I want to carry this conversation in that way. But the more I think about this, the more I look at their record, the more I you, you break down their record against top teams. Like we're talking about South Carolina being on the edge of the bubble, and maybe they don't get in again. And maybe the SEC doesn't get every SEC team in again, like you know, they didn't last year, and everybody threw a giant fit because South Carolina didn't. I don't think that they just automatically ship it. South Carolina is at 46. Baylor is down at 57. 56, depending upon which one you want to look at. They are 1-11 and 11 against top 50 RPI teams. they got five losses against 51 through 100, and three losses against sub-100 RPI teams. they got a loss against Incarnate Word that's awful, a loss at UT Arlington, and a loss against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Some of these losses that they have that are just, are frankly, are kind of unforgivable because you can't have those kinds of losses in this situation when you're trying to be able to get in the postseason. So all of that aside, three games against Iowa State, three games against Texas. Lena, I think that Baylor is still the best shot at a Big 12 team getting in aside from the top three. But looking at the schedule, what does Baylor have to do or can they do enough down the stretch here to actually get uh, an opportunity to play in a regional? Yeah, you talked about those really bad losses, a 1-0 loss to A&M Corpus Christi, and then getting... Uh, run rolled in five innings against UT Arlington, a team that is not very good. And then a loss to Incarnate Ward, who's one of the worst teams in their own conference. So those losses are really bad. This weekend will tell us a lot. They really have to perform this weekend, at least take two, if not three, to really help their case. So right on the edge with that RPI at 56. So this weekend is really important for them. Um, they just have, they have to perform. I think two are must wins if they really want to get in. Like you said, I agree with you. They're the big 12s fourth best chance of getting a team in. Um, I do think they're going to need some help from, you know, teams around them uh, because, you know, this may sound a little biased, but I don't think they're going to get a win against Texas. Their pitch is not very good. They only have 12 home runs on the year. It's not very good. 171 RBIs, uh, not that great. So 
I think they're really going to have to perform well against Iowa State this weekend if they want to get into a regional. Uh, honestly, I think if Baylor wants a shot, they've got to sweep Iowa State. You you cannot suffer another sub loss. You know they lost a game to Kansas, not great. And they won the series, but at this point, like winning series only means so much. Like it sounds great, but if you're losing losing a game to Kansas, it it's not kind of. It's almost like you won one game because you have one loss and one win that negate each other, and you got one win over Kansas. I almost think Baylor's got to find a way to sweep Iowa State, which I don't think they're going to do because, I, I again, I don't think any of the other four teams are good enough to sweep each other Like you, unless you just play lights out, even in Waco. And if I'm Baylor, you throw everything you have at Texas in that game in Waco, that first game of that three-game series. I think that game against Texas, that first game in Waco, is a must-win for Baylor. I think if they two and three against Iowa State and getting swept by Texas, that's that's it's two and one. That's two and four. They'd be six and twelve. You're not getting into postseason with a six and twelve record in conference play in the Big Twelve. You're just not. Um, I, it might work in the SEC, <laughs> but I don't think outside of that that that's that's what's going to work. So I. I think Baylor has to sweep Iowa State, and I think they've got to nab one of those wins against Texas, and then anything else they can do when they get to Oklahoma City uh, is going to be just helpful. Again, South Carolina South Carolina is two and sixteen in conference play, and they're twenty five and twenty four overall. And if they don't get into the, into the regionals, the SEC is going to gripe. A and M is five and thirteen. The SEC shouldn't be allowed to get every team in. Sorry, sorry. I, it's ridiculous. Like you, you should have to finish within like two games. below. if you are more than two games below 500 in conference play, I don't care what conference you play in. You don't get to get in. Sorry. That's it. Done. All right. Enough SEC talk. I think Baylor, I think it's a lot. I think one loss against Iowa state and your, your hopes are dashed barring a, a run through Oklahoma city and winning the whole thing. And I, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty tough. I mean, again, hate to talk about the SEC again, but we even see it in the college football playoff. No one really shows the Big 12 a ton of respect. Like, everyone favors that two-loss SEC team versus, you know, that one-loss Big 12 team when it comes to the football playoff. So, Big 12 doesn't get a lot of love in, in any sport for that matter. So, I, I do agree with what you're saying. They might have to sweep, but it's going to be really tough because, like you said, you don't think anybody's good enough to, to sweep anybody unless you're somebody like the likes of Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. Even Texas is struggling. Um, so, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, okay, let's make our picks here. Uh, Oklahoma State traveling to Florida State. Normally we just pick the conference games, but I think this is a big enough one we should do. It's just two games. Uh, what's your feel here? Yeah, it's pretty tough because, uh, you know, the Miranda Ellis situation, like is she going to be good to go? Um, obviously, Kelly Maxwell's phenomenal, All-American. She's lights out. I think they do go um, one and one, though, and um, get, a, get a quality win to help that uh, bolster that resume to get a super regional bid. Uh, I'm with you. I do think they can nab one here on the road at Florida State. I don't think, I don't think they're going to sweep. I, I don't. Uh, Oklahoma traveling to Kansas. Uh, the Jayhawks have not won a game in this series since 2016. I I don't think they're going to this year. I think that streak's going to continue. I'm taking Oklahoma three, just a three game sweep. You're telling me Kansas had a more recent win against Oklahoma than Texas did? Wow. That's crazy, but yes, three zero Oklahoma sweeps. Yeah, sorry Kansas, just <laughs> just not not a good year. Uh, Texas traveling to Texas Tech. Look, I know it stinks for Texas that went one and five against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. 
Texas was at end all three games with OSU. Those are very close games. Uh, I know they only got the one win against Oklahoma, but they they played pretty well. No offense to Texas Tech. Uh, this I think Texas is going to come in and, and, and realize the situation they're in, and even with some of the issues they've had of getting getting basically free bats and runners on, I think Texas sweeps this series. Yeah, I agree with you. Texas sweeps uh, the series. They have to. They don't really have a choice. They really have to sweep the series. Um, they, they don't do well with anything named Oklahoma, so the fact that the Big 12 tournament is in Oklahoma is a little concerning to me. <laughs> Yeah, didn't Texas lose like early last year against Iowa State oh, or Baylor or somebody? Tech, actually, oh, it's Texas Tech. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Hey, so not a, not not good. Not ideal. Not no. ideal. Um. All right, last one. The one that's really interesting: Iowa State at Baylor. All right, fun fact. Thanks, D1 Softball. I will quote them a lot because I love them. Uh, opponents are hitting uh three forty eight against Iowa State in conference play. Baylor is hitting one seventy eight in conference play. So. Something has to give here, right? Iowa State allowing people to hit the ball well. Baylor not hitting the ball well. Something's going to happen. Um, I I have a hard time picking Baylor to sweep. I think they have to. Uh, but like I said, I don't, I don't think I don't think any of those teams are good enough to sweep any of the other teams. I'm going to take Baylor to win this series though at home. I will take them two to one over Iowa State. Yeah, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna give Baylor the benefit of the doubt because they're playing at home, so I'm gonna take them to win two, um, and Iowa State to win one. But you know, we're getting towards the end of the year. This is this is really crunch time. This is where push comes to shove. You really got to buckle down, focus. Obviously, Baylor's not very good at hitting at all, and they're okay at pitching. But I mean, if you're not Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, even for that matter, you're not. The the pitching for them is just phenomenal. So um, Baylor's really got to figure it out. Try to generate some offense and take two possibly three in order to get that fourth spot for the big 12 in that regional. I don't feel great about Baylor's chances period, but they're the, I think they have the best chance at this point. Uh, I wish that wasn't the case. I wish big 12 could get more teams in. Got to do more non-conference kids. Like you just, you can't suffer bad losses in non-con. You, you just, you can't, you don't have that wiggle room getting into big 12 play. The big 12 doesn't get the respect of say the sec. So you, you you have to play well in non-conference. Baylor's non-conference strength of schedule was 123rd. Iowa State was 99th, and you still suffered. Both teams had three sub-100 RPI losses. Like, you just – you can't. You can't do that. So, uh, hopefully the Big 12 will get a fourth team in. Fingers crossed. I don't feel great about it, but I, I do feel good. i say this. May not get a lot of teams in, but I feel really good about the three teams that we expect to get in and to potentially all host regionals. Um, and I feel pretty good about all three having legitimate shots at, at getting to Oklahoma City. That assuming we don't get another situation where two Big 12 teams uh, are regional hosts and have to face off in Super Regional like last year, which was nonsense. How, Melina, I'm just gonna I'm just going to put this terrible idea in your head and hope it doesn't haunt your dreams. How how much would you hate if, if Texas got a hosting spot as the 16 seed and uh, saw Oklahoma as the one uh, as a potential super regional uh, opponent. Uh, you know, I feel a little bit uneasy about it, but hey, you got to embrace the competition, right? You got to you got to play the cards you were dealt, and if that's the situation, then it is what it is. We'll all go for another rematch. Texas has a win on them. Hopefully, they can perform at the highest level like they did. Obviously, don't do too well with Oklahoma teams. Obviously, took one from Oklahoma, got swept against Oklahoma State. Um, I, I don't think we need to mess with anything Oklahoma or Oklahoma State in the regional or super regionals anymore. I, I'd be totally okay with that. Let's 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 do let's do let's do another team. Let's go somewhere else. Let's mix it up. 
That would be good. That'd be good. I hate if you only get you know three hosts and it's like, well, we're gonna match two of them up. I'm like, thanks. That's you can just move one one direction, the other what? No? Oh, okay, cool. All right. Uh Melina, thank you as always. Uh always a lot of fun. Love when all of our picks are exactly the same. That's very exciting. Uh we will uh we'll have you back again next week uh for the final week of the regular season before we get into postseason. So exciting. So exciting postseason is literally just that that close. That close. Uh as I said, our good friend Randy Heights of the franchise coming up next. Uh, to talk a little Big 12 baseball. Uh, speaking of Texas, Molina, if you haven't been to Homefield Apparel yet, you need to go because there are four shirts, four Texas shirts from Homefield Apparel that will be retired on Sunday. They are going to disappear. They're going into the vault, not the Disney vault, which they occasionally bring things out of. If you are a Texas fan and you have not shopped Homefield Apparel yet, you need to go and do so and check out the shirts that are going to disappear. Don't forget to use the promo code NETWORK12, E-N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, to get the items retiring on May 1st that are going back to the vault. It is the Vintage Go Horns Go t-shirt, the Texas Fight hoodie, uh, the Texas Fight t-shirt. I think there is one more as well. I just don't remember which one it is. Luckily, it's not the Bevo shirt. That's the one I still want. So, of course, Homefield Apparel has Texas, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Iowa State, Baylor, Kansas, not to mention Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, and UCF. Big new Saturday season four. Get started on May 21st. There's a lot of schools you're like, well, ours isn't on there yet. There's a pretty good chance it might be some point this summer. I know every school that's coming out for big new Saturday season four, and I know when they're all happening. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, the refreshes continue. There should be some West Virginia shirts up on Thursday. If you're a West Virginia fan, go and check those out. Do not forget the promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, for 15% off your first order. Be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will ever see for the baseball and softball postseason. Hey there, 1012 Network listeners. This is Dustin from the Scott Nolman Podcast, the original Houston Cougar athletics podcast, and the latest member of the 1012 Network. Uh, My co-host, Sam, do you want to tell the fine folks what the Scott Nolman Podcast is all about? I sure do. We come on here at least once a week, and we talk all things going on in the world of Houston Cougar sports. Plus, we usually find time for some of what's going on in our future conference, our current conference, and really the college sports world at large. We're not just a football, men's basketball podcast. We really pride ourselves here on the fact that every single team that wears the Scarlet and Albino in Houston and their jerseys gets time on our show. Plus, from time to time, we bring on some guests ranging from opposing team experts to even former Olympic great Carl Lewis. So be sure to search the Scott and Holman podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, we spell podcast P-A-W-D cast because we are oh so funny like that. We are barreling toward the end of the regular season for baseball. We've still got quite a few weeks left to go on the schedule. Everyone's got at least, I think, two or three more weeks of Big 12 play to go. A couple weeks of non-conference, including a huge non-conference series for TCU at Florida State this weekend. So we need to touch on a little Big 12 baseball heading into what is a big weekend. Uh, Very excited to have our good friend Randy Heights of the franchise back on the show. Nobody I like to talk college baseball more with. Randy, welcome back, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, We we talked quite a bit before we got on here, but I want to start with this. Uh, As we are recording this on Wednesday afternoon, uh, D1 Baseball just put out their projections of the field of 64, their latest projection, uh, has three Big 12 teams as host schools, Oklahoma State at number 16, 
Texas at number 11 and TCU at number 7 overall. They also have Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and West Virginia in the field, uh, all three of those teams on the road. I mean, it, it's for a while now we've seen three Big 12 teams sitting as, as hosts, um, and, and we got a lot of baseball still to play. That's not a guarantee, but I, I, I'll say this. I feel pretty comfortable about saying those are the six teams in the Big 12 who are going to play in the postseason. Baylor, Kansas State, Kansas, I think they're all out of it. They're too far behind in conference play, um, and you need to try and finish no worse than a game, maybe two below 500 in Big 12 in conference play if you want to be able to make a regional. But the way things are going and the strength of the RPI across the board, um, I I think for the Big 12, you're going to have to at least finish 500. The six teams we're seeing right now are those teams. If you wanted to make a projection yourself right now, looking toward the end of the season with what these six teams are, TCU, OSU, Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and West Virginia have left in front of them. How comfortable are you that all six of those teams will be participating in postseason baseball this year? I feel pretty good because here's the thing. You mentioned Oklahoma. I think I'm not going to say they're my question mark because I think West Virginia is in that same category. But like I think for Oklahoma, this weekend is huge for them playing Kansas State because I think you've got to get in that double-digit win category as a team from this conference to go on to the regionals. And I think for Oklahoma, if you could go win two out of three, if they sweep, they're in golden shape. And what I mean by that is if they can go sweep Kansas State and Norman this week, they're sitting at 10 victories. Then they have two series left. You just don't get swept in those next two. You win one game. You're at 12 and 12, locked to make a regional. And West Virginia is kind of in the same spot at seven and five. They've got a spot where they can get to that 10 win, 12 mark i think they're in those those are the two teams i'm not going to say are full-fledged question marks but they haven't played as many series so they're a little bit behind the other schools that that's kind of the big difference when i feel more comfortable about the other teams 100 percent making it to oklahoma and west virginia still needing to do just just a little just a little bit more work you know but i think the three-bid host i've said it all year long this is a three-bid conference as far as host I, I know we have talked off the air or off the podcast about D1 baseball. I question a little bit of what they do because right now they don't have Texas as a national seed. I think I put a little more stock in the RPI. I do give credence to the fact a team that could win the conference right now. And the reason TCU has the national seed out of the conference is they are, quote unquote, the conference leader. So they're calling them the conference champ. I think conference champs important, but when they're maybe tied or, you know, within a game of each other, I'm going with the team that's played the harder non-con schedule. And right now to me, that's Texas. Now this weekend, that may change a little with TCU going to Florida state. Yeah. Looking at some uh, non-conference strength of schedule. Interesting. Looking at at warrenolan.com, Texas's non-conference strength of schedule is 42nd in the country in non-conference RPI Mm -hmm. of 10. Um, that's that's really good. RPI right now, they're 8th at Warren Nolan. NCAA has them at ninth. I mean, they are the highest RPI in the Big 12 by a decent amount, to be honest. Even and I, I know TCU, but they're 27th at Warren Nolan. Non-con strength of schedule of 134th. Uh, OSU at 29th with a non-con of 51st. Uh, West Virginia at 31st with a non-con of 101st. Oklahoma with a non-con of 27th at 33rd. Like, all these teams, sit, barring a complete collapse, all these teams sit in a good spot. Texas Tech, RPI at 146th with a non-con of 137th. I, I I agree with you that you know who you played in non-conference should and does matter. 
and, and we picked, we had the guys from College Baseball Nation before the season started. We always like to draft non-conference series that we want to see. Um, most of the mm-hmm. ones we picked came from a lot of Texas and, and a lot of Oklahoma State because we, we thought they had some of the better non-conference series. I think that's kind of held up as well compared to TCU who had a couple of nice ones and, and Texas Tech who had a couple of uh, an, a one good one and some eh. Like I, the teams who have played the better non-conference schedules, it's why I think I, I'm i fine with TCU where they are with D1's projection. I feel like TCU is still a little high there. I feel like OSU and Texas are a little bit low on where they're projected at the moment, uh, Texas being the 11 and Oklahoma State being the 16. See, see, and you and I are opposite on that. I thought last week Oklahoma State was way too high at four. I mean, to be honest, I think you've got to go earn it. And, yeah, they were in a good spot in the Big 12. But when you look at their overall, if you go to Warren Nolan, look at their breakdown of how they fared, they're good. But when you go through the different regions and everything like that, as far as the 1 to 50, 50 to 100, you know, they're just kind of average throughout them all. And I look at this weekend for Oklahoma State. It's it's a big make-or-break weekend for them. I mean, I thought – Last week, they belonged about eight, you know, a national seed because they were leading the conference. They should have been about eight. Dropping to 16, I'm not shocked by that because back to again, I kind of wonder, let's just say, for instance, let's say Tech wouldn't have the bad weekend the week before West Virginia. I think she would be out of a hosting spot right now. I honestly do. I think Tech would be in there and not OSU. I think it would be not, and so that's why I think in two weeks, that Tech Oklahoma State series is beyond huge. I mean, that could really be for a host spot in this conference. Yeah, uh, that one is uh, mid May, May thirteenth through the fifteenth. Oklahoma State will play host at Texas Tech. Uh, this weekend, OSU has a huge series at Texas. They're on the road in, in Austin. Make or break. Games. I mean, OSU's been. Pretty, pretty consistently okay ever since they got swept by Gonzaga back in early March. Holiday made a few moves in the lineup, and they've played fairly well until they lost the series this past weekend to TCU at home in a couple of close losses on Saturday and Sunday. Now you got to go to a Texas team who started the year red hot, has been a little bit weird, seems to have kind yeah. of turned the corner and is playing red hot again. I know Baylor's not great, but, I mean, they, they swept Baylor, um, and they did so pretty comfortably this is a texas team that now at nine and six in conference play feels more like the texas from the start of the year i mean look at look look at this they won 20 to 1 13 to 4 and 13 to 4 and then they went to utrgv mm-hmm. this midweek game and won seven to two now they get to host oklahoma state i mean texas had their kind of dip and, and I've, if the dip is over and texas is back to playing like they were at the beginning of the year the the Claiming the regular season title is still wide open. TCU's at twelve and six, Oklahoma State at ten and five, Texas and Texas Tech at nine and six each. I know Oklahoma and West Virginia are back there at seven and five. This still feels like a four horse race here. And it I can't count any of those four teams, Texas, Texas Tech, TCU, OSU out of this. Uh, I don't think you're wrong. And I'm telling you, wild card, keep West Virginia in there, keep Oklahoma in there, because when you look at them, because like I'm with you. I think I really think it's down. Really, I think it's a three-team race because until Tech can prove to me they can go on the road and win, I'm not. I'm, and I'm one that have been that's been saying all year long. I think Tech is the best team in this conference. I think with what they have talent-wise all around that team, 
they should be the best team in this conference right now, but they're not playing up to that level when they go on the road. So I think it's a TCU, Oklahoma State, and Texas conference title run here between those three. But it's going to be interesting. I need to go look at West Virginia's schedule. What's going to be really interesting, we talk Oklahoma, they could play spoiler in a lot of this. Down the stretch, they've still got West Virginia, TCU, and Texas Tech. And when I say spoiler, I don't mean they're going up to win the conference, but they're going to have a big say, I think, whether TCU's in this conference race going into the final week of the season, whether a Texas Tech is in that conference race in the final week of the regular season. So I think Oklahoma is a team to keep an eye on to be spoiler, West Virginia as well. But those three teams at the top, I, I really can't pick a winner now because I find some warts on all of them. And for the warts that I find on all of them, it tends to be a little on the pitching side for Texas and for Oklahoma State. For TCU, their offense to me hasn't proved consistently. They're going to go out and do it week in and week out. Yeah, for Texas Tech, 20-3 and three at home this season, 9-12 and 12 away outside of Lubbock. That's both at, at true road mm. sites and neutral sites. It's their inability to succeed on the road. It's it's hard to – I don't want to keep Texas Tech out of the race because they are still good enough to win the way they're winning. But with Texas Tech, what they have left on the schedule moving forward, it's – I don't disagree. I mean, like, they got to go to three games in Waco – this weekend, again, it's away from home. Mm-hmm. Baylor's not great. But, I mean, if your Texas Tech can go 2-3 and three this weekend, that's great. You get a week off, essentially. You've got a road game at Abilene Christian, three games at Oklahoma State, and then you end at home against Oklahoma. They've only got three series left. Mm-hmm. But of those 10 games left, seven of these are on the road. So I, for Texas Tech, the way they've been playing – I'm, you're not entirely wrong of I'm going to keep him in there because of their record and because of how good we know Texas Tech is. But with seven of their final 10 on the road, we could know by the end of this weekend whether or not Texas Tech really still is in the running for the Big 12 title or not. And what's really weird is, like, you talk about this weekend. Let's say they go play like garbage on the road again. Let's say they drop two games. That puts them at, what, eight losses in the conference at that point in time? Let's say Oklahoma wins three or two. Same with West Virginia. Now, not only when we talk about them getting in a conference race or maybe moving up to a higher seed in the regional pairings, it's going to be interesting to see what they would do there for a regional committee because now they're not only sending behind those other top three teams, you've got West Virginia and Oklahoma that would have jumped them in the standings. So where do they find is a just forget hosting? What type of, where do they get sent on the road in a regional? Now, instead of maybe pretty good as Texas Tech, you didn't get a host. So you go on the road to the 16 seed. Now you've played your way into, hey, we're not only going on the road for regional, we're going on the road to the eight national seed. I mean, for Tech, to me, and what I think Talot could do with this team still, this, this last part of the season is huge for them, whether they host or have to go on the road. It's the difference between going to a top eight national seed or getting sent to like 15 or 16 on the road. Yeah, right now, D1's projection has Texas Tech on the road at Fayetteville, number six mm-hmm. overall seed Arkansas, with Iowa 
and a Southeast Missouri State team that they may be the four seed, but folks, that's a really good Southeast Missouri State team. They're 54th in the RPI. That's actually a team that Oklahoma State will have a three-game series against uh, next weekend, not this coming weekend, but should be very interesting. Um, we kind of teased it off the top. I do want to talk about it with you for a minute. TCU, with their final non-conference three-game series, actually they have two, forgive me, I forgot, because they played so many conference games. They have two non-conference series left. They'll end the season with three games against Santa Clara, but this weekend they're headed to Tallahassee for three games against Florida State. This is a good Florida State team. Um, 21 in the RPI, according to, to Warren Nolan. At the moment, uh, NCAA has them at 21 in the RPI as well. This isn't just a huge opportunity for TCU. It's a huge opportunity for the Big 12 as a whole. It, it really is. And we talked about it before we started recording. The reason to me it's so big, you went down the RPIs for everyone outside of Texas. They're all bunched in there together, you know, like 25 down. And when we talk about wanting to secure two more hosts for the Big 12, if they could go on the road and win, not only would it help TCU potentially secure one, but it's going to help all these teams like in Oklahoma State that lost two games to them because it's not going to be as bad of RPI losses. And for teams that may get lucky and beat TCU two out of three or sweep a series, it's going to help their RPIs tremendously. And it's going to give more credence to the Big 12 because you look at some of the wins this conference already has outside in the non-con, there's some really good wins for this conference. If they could go on the road to Florida State and win a series, it's just another feather in the Big 12's cap at this point. Anything, any opportunities in non-conference that they're left are huge. Again, TCU's got mm-hmm. Florida State road game at Florida State, Florida State, Santa Clara coming up. OSU with the Southeast Missouri State, which you look at and just say, I don't know who that is. That's not a big deal. It's number 54 in the RPI. That is a nice opportunity yeah. for a non-conference series. Um, I think those are the only ones left. Forgive me, I haven't scoured everyone's non-conference series. But of the teams, I mean, everyone, everyone it feels like has at least one more game with DDU. It, it feels that way. <laughs> I know that's probably not the case, but I know I think Tech has one. Oklahoma's got one, which is another one because their RPI is number two in the country right now. So the more you can play that team in this conference, the better. Yeah, I think OSU's got a, a road game in a midweek uh, in a couple of weeks at DBU. Um, Really good article in the Ocali this that came out today, uh, Wednesday, about Oklahoma State's uh, continual scheduling of Wichita State's and DBU's and Oklahoma's and ORU's in midweek. Uh, if you're an OSU fan and get the Ocali, go give it a look. Um, I mean, we know TCU, Florida State, Oklahoma State, Texas; those are huge series this weekend, Randy. I want to get you out here on this. Um, what's other? What's what's one or two other weekend series that you are keeping your eye on? Well, just being local here, I think I think it's kind of fun series this weekend for Oklahoma. Pete Hughes comes back to Norman, a guy that I know a lot of people don't much care for in Oklahoma. It's kind of funny. I know coaches have already tweeted out about it. Brent Venables tweeted out Pack the Dell this week. I think that one's going to be an interesting series because the one thing with Kansas State that's scary, the one thing they can do, now they haven't done it as much on the road, the one thing they can do is mash the ball. I mean, they they can hit the ball. That's, that's the reason they beat Oklahoma State in game three up in Manhattan, they're able to hit the ball. And so it'll be interesting. I think that is a fun, fun series to watch. Other than that, I just have been keeping an eye on all the big series because I think this has been the most bipolar season in the big 12 conference because no one wants to take the reins every time. I mean, two weeks ago, I thought, all right, we know who the leaders of the pack are. And then Texas goes and falls on its face Oklahoma State loses 
TCU last week. You get Texas Tech the week before that, getting swept at TCU. I mean, every time you think you have this conference figured out with, hey, these are the top three or four teams, the bottom half jumps up and bites them. And so that that's kind of the way I'm treating the Big 12. I'm not even looking at records when these teams are going to play. I'm like, oh, where's this team going? That team that's on top has a good shot to lose. And that's kind of what I'm looking for because even the midweek games have been that way in the Big 12 lately. This weekend, TCU at Florida State, West Virginia at Kansas, Texas Tech at Baylor, OSU at Texas and Kansas State at Oklahoma. Those are your weekend series. A uh, few midweek games next Tuesday. Uh, pretty much everybody but Oklahoma State with one. So keep yeah. an eye on it this weekend. Is it finals weekend, Stillwater, I think, next week? Uh, it might be. That sounds about right. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's why they don't have a midweek next week. That would make sense. Real quick, in case we don't get you next week, Texas Tech does not have – Texas Tech's taking next – not this weekend, but the following weekend off, they'll not have a non-conference series like most teams do. Um, Which is weird. Yeah. Um, considering where Texas Tech is, um, their situation with RPI, you think that's a decision they're going to come to regret? Well, I do. But at the same time, where it's at in the RPI, depending on what they do this weekend, with that following weekend after their totally off weekend, they get to play Oklahoma State. If they can go on the road and prove they can win on the road, they're actually in pretty good shape. In some ways, they'll sit there in that 28 to 33 range, even on a weekend. If they don't fall on their face at Waco this week, they'll let everyone else fall behind them or maybe jump them a couple of spots. Then they could go, if they win the series at Stillwater, they're jumping up rapidly. Because with the RPI, you win road games, you get a bigger jump than anything, especially when you're playing other good RPI teams. So, I don't necessarily think it's a decision they'll regret because the worst would have been playing somebody that has a 100 RPI and you drop two or three. At this point in time, my theory is always with college baseball team, unless it's a good opponent, sometimes it's better not to play because playing can only hurt you if you're playing bad teams and you even win, it can hurt you. Randy, always a pleasure, man. You do such a great job covering the Big 12 baseball. Everybody check Randy out on the franchise or you can follow him on Twitter at RJ Heights, H E I T Z 1077. Randy, we will get you back on before the season's over. Lots more Big 12 baseball no to talk about. It should be fun. I'm telling you, I think this last month is going to be very exciting. Teams have let everyone back in the race, and I think it's going to make for a fun last month of the season. Podcast Network.